the king of Babylon demands worship of a golden idol. But three prominent Jews refuse, before being cast into a burning, fiery furnace. On The Bible Brief. Tell a friend about The Bible Brief today. Your recommendation can help your friends learn the Bible in a new way. Tap share on your podcast player and share your favorite episode. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't their real names. Not the names their parents gave them back in Judah. No, these three companions of Daniel were renamed by the Babylonians upon their arrival in the city. Their real names, their Hebrew names, were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Names forgotten by the Babylonians, but core to the three young men. Their Hebrew names honored the one true God, while their Babylonian names did anything but. And though these three had their names changed, in their lives they would honor the God of their fathers. Lives about to be cut short by the king of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar had made a golden image, a 90-foot-tall idol to be worshipped any time anyone in Babylon heard music of any kind. A direction to turn so that everyone in Babylon would know your allegiance to the king and to his idol. You can imagine the life interruptions that would come from this order of the king. Any music of any kind would require you to stop, turn toward the idol, and fall down in worship. If your child began whistling a tune, if someone within earshot played an instrument on the street for money, if anyone anywhere wanted to just test everyone around them for their obedience to the king. This wasn't only an ungodly decree by Nebuchadnezzar, but it was also disruptive to life in Babylon. Yet those who didn't comply would have an awful fate. They would be thrown into the burning, fiery furnace prepared by the king for the disobedient. Nebuchadnezzar would ensure loyalty in his kingdom, and by doing that, perhaps he could defeat that statue dream that Daniel had told him the meaning of. The king of Babylon sets up this golden image, and it has its intended effect. It fishes out the disloyal. The disloyal from among those Jews that the king imported years ago. We read this in Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 8. At that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? If you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, 
we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Their names may have been forgotten by the Babylonians, but these three young men knew that they hadn't been forgotten by God. They express a deep faith in God's ability to deliver them from this penalty of the king. But more than that, they express a trust in God's purposes. God might not save them, and they know that. But even in that, they know that God will have his own purpose. When picking between the king of Babylon and the king of the universe, these three submit to the greater and more powerful king. And to this, Nebuchadnezzar rages. This idol he set up was a testament to the kingdom of Babylon, the kingdom that Nebuchadnezzar would try to ensure was a forever kingdom, despite that dream of his. Next we read, Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent, and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three Jewish men fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Filled with burning anger, the king orders that the three Jews be thrown into the furnace, heated seven times hotter than usual. He orders them to be cast in with all manner of flammable clothes and with bound hands. The three Jews would surely face the same fate as the men who died trying to throw them into the fire. They would be burned with the fiery rage of the king of Babylon. Yet we read this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar saw it. There was a fourth person in the fire, one who took the obedience of the three Jews and turned it into a display of God's power over this Babylonian king, one who had the appearance to Nebuchadnezzar like a son of the gods. The fourth one in the fire was with his people in the midst of their persecution. He was with his people in their time of need, and at the right time. God delivered these three men, with not even a whiff of the calamity that the king of Babylon had intended for them. They were simply 
and miraculously delivered, something even the king recognized. And soon he says this, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted the three young men in the province of Babylon. The king's anger turned to admiration of the God of these three Jews, a God who sent his messenger to save his loyal servants from the burning, fiery furnace, who saved those who trusted in him and set aside the command of Nebuchadnezzar to worship the idol. More than that, the king sets a penalty on anyone who would speak a word against this God of theirs. So far through Daniel, God has shown Nebuchadnezzar the future of kingdoms. Through Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, God had shown Nebuchadnezzar his power to deliver. But soon, Nebuchadnezzar's life would be turned upside down, as God would give the king himself an experience of God's rule over all things. Starting in Daniel chapter 4, we get a first-person account of Nebuchadnezzar's experiences that would change the rest of his life. And again, it all starts with a dream. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. And at last Daniel came in before me, he who is named Belteshazzar after the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you. Tell me the visions of my dream that I saw, and their interpretation. Then the king begins to describe the dream to Daniel a dream involving a great tree that sheltered and fed the earth, which was then cut down to its stump, before a messenger from heaven speaks words of judgment upon the tree, judgment that would reveal God's rule over the kingdoms of the earth and his rule over their kings. After Nebuchadnezzar describes the dream, the prophet Daniel expresses dismay as God grants him the interpretation. It's a dream of such character that it induces fear in Daniel himself on behalf of the king. Yet soon the young prophet shares the interpretation with Nebuchadnezzar. He says, The tree you saw, which grew and became strong, so that its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all under which the beasts of the field found shade, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens lived. The tree is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven, and your dominion to the ends of the earth. So Daniel says that the tree is representative of Nebuchadnezzar himself, before he then moves on to what the messenger from heaven says. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, 
but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze. And let him be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field, till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the Most High which has come upon my lord the king, that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives it to whom he will. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. Daniel tells the king that he has a grave time of judgment ahead, a time where the king will be driven from among men and will dwell with the beasts of the field for seven periods of time. Yet the young prophet also says that at the end of this time period, the king will return to his rule, having a new understanding of God's rule over all kingdoms. Daniel, for his part, tries to tell the king how he might avoid or forestall this judgment, but it's apparently to little effect because next we read this. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power, as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, To you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers, and his nails were like birds' claws. Just as the dream had indicated, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the greatest empire in the world, was reduced to madness. One who lived among the wild animals, ate grass, and gave up all personal care. He was reduced to an animalistic experience in body, and apparently in mind as well. God was showing the king that just as God raises up kings, he can lower them in an instant. God is the sovereign over all things, and not Nebuchadnezzar. But finally, after what was apparently seven years, Nebuchadnezzar returns to his sanity. We read this. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and He does according to His will among the host of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth 
and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. The change in Nebuchadnezzar creates a remarkable contrast in his life. He goes from bragging about the greatness of his power and glory to eating grass in the field before coming back praising God's power and justice. The king of the empire is humbled by the king of the universe. Nebuchadnezzar is put in his place and humbled to a proper perspective. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had his life changed when he brought those four Jewish exiles into his service. Through Daniel's interpretation of his first dream, Nebuchadnezzar learned of God's plan for kingdoms. Through Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, he learned of God's power to save the faithful. And yet through this final humiliation, the king didn't just intellectually learn. He experienced God's rule over all things. Those exiled Jews brought more with them than their odd religion. They brought with them revelation of the God of the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who raises up the humble and humbles the proud. Join us next time as Nebuchadnezzar's son makes an unholy feast before a great hand appears to write a mysterious message on the wall of the party. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023